AI is a dual-edged sword. At the flip of a switch, the technology becomes lethal. There is no place that is ground zero for this conversation more than military applications. Forces that are supported by AI will absolutely crush and destroy forces without. Militaries are racing to develop AI faster than their adversaries. The AI, unless it's told to fear death, will not fear death. There is no second place in war. If you're going up against an AI pilot, you don't stand a chance. I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President, have you, I know you're running for president. You are are distressed that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States. And it's visible. Our economy has degraded. Filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. I'm running for president of the United States because I think this country's in a lot of trouble. The only way to understand the press is to remember that they pander to their readers' prejudices. Don't tell me about the press. I know exactly who reads the papers. The Daily Mirror is read by people who think they run the country. The Guardian is read by people who think they ought to run the country. (laughs) The Times is read by the people who actually do run the country. (laughs) The Daily Mail is read by the wives of the people who run the country. (laughs) The Financial Times is read by people who own the country. (laughs) The Morning Star is read by people who think the country ought to be run by another country. (laughs) The Daily Telegraph is read by people who think it is. What about the people who read The Sun? The Sun readers don't care who runs the country as long as she's got big tits. And I think the first part of this issue that should be articulated is AI is kind of a fancy thing. It's, first of all, it's two letters. It means artificial intelligence. But ultimately what it is, is it's about machine learning. And so the machine is taught. And part of the issue here is what information is going into the machine that will then determine and, and we can predict then, if we think about what machine, what information is going in, what then will be produced in terms of decisions and opinions um, that may be made through that process. Well, that's going to do it for all of us here at Channel 4 News. You stay classy, San Diego. I'm Ron Burgundy. Damn it, who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? For the last time, anything you put on that prompter, Burgundy will read. Good morning, America. How are you? I'm Rabbi Dave. I am Friar Rod, and I am doing well for this sweltering hot Sunday morning. Yeah, it's pretty hot here, too. Closing mm. Yesterday was closing in on 95, and they're calling for that again today, so... Well, the lows in the valley got into the 70s, so that tells you how hot it's going to be here. <sighs> yeah. I have questions, Rod. Do you? Many questions. Okay, I'm hoping that I may have many answers. Or if not, I've got the power of the interwebs. So for reasons that have never made sense to me, if I'm a newspaper publisher or Mm -hmm. printer, and let's say 
I don't know, Michael Keaton. Just I'm just pulling somebody out of my ass here. Is walking the, down the beach. The I'm Batman. Michael I'm Keaton. Batman. Yes, the good Michael Keaton, Mr. Mom. Yeah, Beetlejuice. <laughs> is walking. <laughs> You're gonna see Beetlejuice too. Sorry. Paradigm yeah, shift. Yeah, I'm gonna have to, to rewatch Beetlejuice one first because it's been so long. But yeah, I'm gonna I'll yeah, watch it. That's gonna. I'm looking forward to that one. So let's just say Michael Keaton is walking down the beach without his shirt on. Mm-hmm. Can I print that picture in the newspaper? Uh, I think they have printed things like that in the newspaper before. Now, if I'm Pamela Anderson and I'm walking down the beach without a shirt on. Mm-hmm. Can they print that picture in the newspaper? They typically don't. Why not? Because of female genitalia being being shown. Specifically what part of the female genitalia? Not the almond nipples. Well, but, okay, let's but, say I had an almond yeah. that had nipples. Could I put that picture in the paper? <laughs> they, they'd probably blur those out, too. <laughs> So here's my question, and, sure. and this ties in with what I was talking about on my show on Friday, which was the absurdity of political correctness. It didn't occur to me until long after I had finished my show on Friday. In fact, I was walking down the Clear Creek Trail, which you can look up on a map if you so desire. It's relatively near here. It was hot. And I was letting my mind wander, as I so often do. Did you have sweaty nipples while it was hot? I did. Okay. Which caused my mind to wander back to what I had been talking about that morning, mm-hmm. which was specifically Snow White and the Seven Dwarves and a set of pictures in, of Dylan Mulvaney, yeah. which had been published in the Daily Mail. Dylan Mulvaney is a dude pretending to be a dudette. On hormone therapy, right? I guess. I'd, I'd, I'd try not to get that involved. I, th- I, believe he's, I believe he is on hormone therapy. So he's transitioning. I know that he's had surgery to make his face, quote unquote, more feminine. Yeah, but he hasn't had the surgery to... Neither has he learned that you probably should shave every day and you don't look much like a dudette with a five o'clock shadow. Anyway, they published these pictures of Dylan Mulvaney who went to some event and I still don't know what event was. Don't care. Mm -hmm. He's wearing LA. Yeah. Right. I guess so. He's wearing the address that Sheldon Cooper once wore on the Big Bang Theory, which was to simulate the Doppler effect. So it's got all these wavy lines and stuff all over it. But it has the breasts portion cut out. Now, again, Dylan Mulvaney is a dude, Mm -hmm. but they blurred out his nipples. Yeah. And I can't wrap my mind around why. I don't know. I'm all for freeing the nipple, Dave. I guess in principle, I don't have necessarily a problem with it either. I mean, the sun prints the page, is it the page three girls or the page six? I don't remember. 
I don't, yeah, I, don't I don't remember which page the the girl is on, and but uh, there's a a centerfold type section in one of the the London dailies, so uh-huh. where where the nipple is free to fly. But I do not understand why the Daily Mail, and I presume other papers around the the world, because I, I I don't know, uh, felt the need to I... blur out his nipples. So here's the question. Did they just blur it out for the U.S. version, or did they blur it out for the U.K. version, too? See, I don't know. But either way, does it make any sense to anybody? I mean, number one, is there anybody left that hasn't seen a female nipple? I can't think of anybody. Is it is it really that offensive to you? I mean, no, I assume all. that some people are offended by it. I don't know why, but they are. Well, but so here it is. You know, you free the nipple and it frees the men to look at the nipples, right? You can do that anyway. Well. As long as you yeah, don't get but, caught by your wife. Well, but yeah. It's the <laughs> clandestinely looking at nipples that versus, you know, freely right. open, right. openly looking at them. If they didn't want us to look at them, they shouldn't have them. <laughs> Why the hell did they blur out Dylan Mulvaney's nipples? This is this is what's keeping me awake at night. Number one, couldn't care less about Dylan Mulvaney. Can you imagine having that conversation though in the in the newspaper? Right. Well, should should we should we blur out his nipples? Because wow. if, we don't blur out his nipples, are we're we being he's a man? Are, he's, well, he's are a we dude. or are we being daring and saying, look at this woman's tits? That, see, I, yeah. you know, you get to the point where it's like, oh, my God. <sighs> and, of course, if millennials get their way, <clears throat> I'll be a criminal anyway. Yeah, you, yeah, because you're, you're mis, misgendering. I'm not misgendering. <sighs> Someone sent me a text, and I assume the context has something to do with this. I, I didn't get any context on it. So this text comes right out of the blue. And it's somebody I know. I mean, don't get me wrong, but the text reads as follows. You ready? Now, this comes mm-hmm. in uh, Friday at 8.30 p.m. my time. There's no introduction. There's no nothing to it. This is what it says. Quote, sorry, I believe you are wrong. I have every right to tell you that you're wrong. I don't have a right to force that on you, short of a court of law. Okay. Which, is always, which has always been my position about transgenderism anyway. Mm-hmm. You have the right to pretend to be whatever you want to be. I don't care. It's free country. What you don't yeah. have a right to do is tell me that I have to participate in your delusion, which I feel like I'm being forced to participate in the delusion by the blurring out of Dylan Mulvaney's gender. Right. If you're having Dylan Mulvaney's nipples blurred out. Yeah. I feel like I'm being forced to. And then, of course, but then you come back to, well, you don't have to read the Daily Mail. You're right, I don't. Well, you know you know what they should do is they should have a little click thing, a little click box, right, so that you could remove the blur. They could use that as ad generation, Don't too, they have right? that on Facebook? This photo has been yeah. covered because we think it might yeah. offend you. Click here. Yeah. And then you, I don't care if they do that. Right. Then you click on that, and it gives you another warning. Warning. This Twitter does the same thing. We've hidden this and photograph. And you see some innocuous picture right. that just, you're not sure why they blurred it in the first place. Right. Some World War II picture of things that, anyway. So it turns out millennials who, as I understand things, I might be wrong, 
are the dumbest generation to ever be born. Um, but almost half I, of them. I, I don't think it's millennials. I think it's Sears, but go ahead. It's whose? The Sears. The Gen Z. Okay, so complete paradigm shift without a clutch again. Don't worry, we'll come back. Have you seen this thing about the Gen Z tattoo? No. The Z with the line through it tattoo that Gen Zers are getting, apparently? I haven't seen that. I have not. I was not aware of it, but apparently Gen Z tattoo is a thing now. Are you Googling it? You must be. You see what I'm talking about? I'm looking. So it's a European Z, right? Yes. Seven and Zs. I put I put lines through. Right. Seven. We did too in the military. So. so yeah. But apparently this is apparently. God, I'm saying apparently again, because apparently I can't get apparently out of my head. So at any rate, Gen Zers, I guess, are getting Gen Z tattoos of okay. this Z. Okay. Which someone else, not me, pointed out is. Is the SS is one of the SS symbols? <laughs> the Nazis. <laughs> so they could be dumb. They could be right up. But I still think it's the millennials because the millennials have forty-four uh, percent of millennials think that misgendering someone isn't just wrong. It should be a quote criminal offense. Yes. Which makes me think. Of course, now this survey was co- it, it was it was done by Newsweek, so I don't know how much you can put into that. Mm. Well, and so it wasn't going to be scientific. They're not validating that it's the that it's the appropriate age group, so that anyone could probably answer the survey. Right. right. So let's see. Forty four percent are in favor of the idea of making it criminal. Thirty one percent disagreed. The other twenty five percent. This might be the most concerning part didn't know whether it should be criminal or not. That is concerning. So you you end up with this thing. Oh, here's Look, here's a picture of Dylan Mulvaney, but not his nipples. Mm-hmm. Which has become, remember when Will Ferrell used to say that? Captain Kirk's nipples. I think that's my new phrase. Dylan Mulvaney's nipples. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. The issue has come forth in 20... He's 26, by the way, so pretty soon he's going to be over the hill. Mm-hmm. Um, they believe that it should be a criminal offense. But if you're younger, now see, that's the 25 to 35 range, 25 to 45. But if you're younger, 18 to 24, less enthusiasm. They only believe that 33% should be a criminal offense, while 48% disagree which still leaves a significant percentage, you know, unsure of the, I don't know of what they should do. What does this tell us? Does this, does this tell us anything about the state of our, our young people at all? Well, I mean, the, so the, the millennials are going to be the children of what? Some of the boomers and some of the, some of the Xers. Right? Because I have, my oldest is millennial and my two younger are Gen Z. My youngest daughter's the liberal of the family, so. <laughs> isn't this, isn't this the kind of issue, I mean, there was a time when, in my generation, we would have said, look, 
I don't agree with you, but I'll defend your right to say something incredibly stupid, which is kind of the way I've always felt, which is why this text doesn't make any sense to me, because I don't think I've ever said anything but – how many times have I said I'm a free speech radical? Say what you want, but you can't make me agree with it. That's why we do these podcasts. This is a free speech bastion to to get our our comments out there, our thoughts and our minds, and to say that you know I'm going to say misgender people. I'm sorry. Well, and and I don't even consider it misgendering in the strictest of no. senses because, and I say this with love, Dylan Mulvaney is a dude. Dylan Mulvaney is not a chick. And you can pretend to be whatever gender you want to be. It doesn't mean that I have to participate. Right. And he never will be. But somehow or another, we've got an entire generation now that wants to use the power of law, which means force, which means the pointy end of a gun, Mm -hmm. to make everyone agree with them. Yeah. And these are the same people who call other people Nazis. Fascists. And you wonder (laughs) where this is going. This almost the same generation putting the Nazi tattoo. That's, right. <laughs> right. And you get up in the morning and you go, well, the most ridiculous thing in the world today is Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And then you realize that's not even in the top 100. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not even, I mean, it's not even close between the vice president of the United States. Oh, my gosh. I mean, good Lord. I, I... <laughs> She's a kindergartner who got who got promoted well above her pay grade. AI means artificial say, intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> who writes her speeches? Because seriously, that person, that person is either the dumbest person on the face of the planet or that person is the most brilliant troll in the world. That would be hilarious. Because he knows. He or she knows. It, yeah. It doesn't get any better than that. It really doesn't. I think she wings it. I don't. I think she she may have some speech writing, but I think a lot of the times it's her just trying to fill space. Really? Because she looks like she's reading it to me. Her hand gestures and stuff. Everything know, seems very She loves stilted. Venn diagrams, man. So somewhere somewhere in this Venn diagram, right? So you've got the speech writer and you've got the winging it. So she's somewhere right in the middle of that Venn diagram. So at what point do they start putting stuff on the, on the teleprompter that is just, uh, you know... Well, well, they can't give her direction because she, she, she could probably read it, right? No, don't say that. End of line. Repeat. End of line. They already have that problem with with Biden, so. Right, but everybody expects it from him. Yes. I mean, seriously, don't you don't every every time you turn on the news. Okay, so watching the news doesn't help because you're just going to get a 10 second sound bite. That's the best 10 seconds. But if you watch C-SPAN or something, don't you just sort of expect Biden to to do something stupid? What's funny is you watch like the Australian news yes. commentators making God, fun yes. of our, our president and vice president. Isn't it sad that you have to watch Australian news to see what's really going yeah. on? You know, realistically, if 
if Biden and Harris had been Republican, Saturday Night Live Live would have a field day. Yes, they would have. They would be playing this nonstop. Yes, they would. But that's not the world we live in because we live in a world where 44% of that generation believes that it should be criminal, criminal to misgender someone. You know what else should be criminal, Dave? It should be criminal to be playing Christmas reruns during the July time frame during a major heat wave because of the stupid writer's strike. <laughs> Been watching a bit of Hallmark lately, have we? No, no, not yet. No, I'm sure that's coming. <laughs> First it was Jimmy Fallon. The other night I was like drifting off to sleep and I could swear I could hear Christmas Christmas tunes playing. And so I asked my wife this yesterday morning. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, they switched. They're, they're doing reruns. And then this last night, they did Christmas time for Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Does anybody it's care like, about the writer's strike? Does anybody I, care about the actor's strike? No. So you got millionaires going on strike. You got writers. We have so much TV available to us, right. streaming-wise, old shows, everything, that I don't care. But now, you know what we're going to get, because this is this is part of the scourge of television anyway. You know why these writers are upset? Because they're getting less and less pay and less and less work because more and more reality television, which is the hallmark of a stupid society, is becoming Mm -hmm. more and more popular. And reality TV, and I use reality quote, quote, yes, in the air quote phrase, doesn't require a a script writer. This is why this is why these cooking shows and that stuff, this is why they've become so popular particularly amongst networks because they're cheap to produce because they don't have to pay, you know, basically half the staff. Well, and then for those things that they are doing writing, isn't there AI starting to come along and they're complaining about AI, not only the, the writing, but they're also saying from an acting point of view that that's encroaching on, on their domain. I, you know, It's 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 hard to say for sure, I, but I'm I'm watching the whole thing go on. Let me see. I'm script. Sorry, I was looking for uh, looking for an answer. You ready? Sure. AI can be a legitimate way to write a TV script, but it comes with some caveats and considerations. Using AI to generate content has advantages such as speed, efficiency, and the ability to generate, but it may not have uh, the creative input, the human touch, the understanding of context, or the intellectual property concerns that that writers would have. Sorry, that's what the AI just told me. I just asked it. Sure. sure. <laughs> and that's what it told me. So if I cut out the parts about <laughs> that, I mean, jeez. <laughs> Does anybody really care in a society where where 44% of millennials want to put you in jail for misgendering Dylan Mulvaney, who has done a, just yeah. a damn fine job of misgendering himself. He mm-hmm. doesn't really need my help. <sighs> I just, he's, he's either a caricature or he's, in, or he's like insane or he's got some severe mental issues. It I, could be a combination. I, clearly too. he has in the middle of the Venn diagram. Right. There is a combination of right. both. Clearly, the dude has some mental issues. Yeah. Clearly. I mean, I don't think there's... 
for reasons that I can only classify as research, because otherwise I would never have done this. I actually mm-hmm. perused his Instagram page at one point. Yeah. And you want to talk about offensive. I mean, I was appalled that anybody would behave like that. Anybody mm-hmm. would behave like that is just, I mean, it's a caricature. Well, it's he, a he joke. It totally makes fun of women. It's a joke. It has, it has to be a joke because otherwise, yeah. th- if this is what he thinks a woman really is, then it's no wonder the Daily Mail is obliterating well, his nipples. Wasn't he gay to begin with or something like that? I think beforehand he was gay. So, I mean, does he even really he's, – he's not even attracted in that sense to women. So, it's kind of like how did you even know? So, is he what a gay man thinks a woman should be for another – I'm when, thinking – When he completes his transition, is he going to go for – He can't go for gay men, right? Or – or can he? See, I, this is the part that confuses me. I don't know. Uh, I know he was complaining about his lackluster dating life. Yes, I did. that was one of the one of the posts was that he had completed 365 days of girlhood, and no one had kissed him. Yeah, that's I'm that's sure, it. I'm folks. sure his that's parents were reluctant too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, dude, I don't know what to tell you, but. I have some suggestions. Yeah. Number one is uh, <clears throat> don't wear that dress. Because that dress, <laughs> that dress. Don't free the nip. Don't free the nip. <laughs> you ever see the film Andromeda Strain? Uh, the I believe original, I have. Not the, not the idiotic remake. The 1970s, the original. <clears throat> I probably did. There was a scene in, the in there where one of the doctors is epileptic. And bright strobe lights trigger her epileptic seizures, which is not an unheard of trope. Uh-uh. That dress, um, I wouldn't recommend looking at that dress if you're epileptic because it might trigger something. It's it's one of those weird-ass dresses, but I can't get past <laughs> the fact that for whatever reason, they had to, they had to blur out Dylan, Mil- Dylan Mulvaney's nipples. Mm-hmm. For some maybe, reason, maybe they did it to troll Dave. I mean, well, they've done a good job because it's kept me awake for two nights. Yeah. Why are they blurring out his nipples? Why do I care? That's the part I can't. That's the part I can't get my head around. Why do I care? And I have and no some, idea. Some editors sitting there. Hey, you want to see how we can get get a bunch of podcasters to talk about us? Blur the nipples. Blur the nipples. Yeah. <laughs> It's like talk radio, man. What's topic A? Dylan Mulvaney's nipples. Makes me wish I was still in talk radio because that would be fun. Stay with us. That was nowhere near where we were supposed to go, but we'll be right back. I'm Dave. I'm Rod. What a and day. So I guess we should apologize for that first segment because I have no idea how we even got on that. That was totally unscripted. It was not only unscripted, which there is a it's, script. It's like re- reality podcasting, Dave. There is a script. There is a an outline for today's show, and none yeah. of it had anything to do with Dylan Mulvaney's nipples. 
Not even a single line. You know whose pro- you know whose fault this is? It's your son-in-law's. Is it? Because didn't you text him just right before the show about almond nipples or something? And it, that it got wasn't, me, see that got me on nipples again. It wasn't right before the show, but it was it was uh, earlier this week. I had asked him what he thought of you the show. You were telling me right before the show. I, yeah, I told you. Yeah. So it's still I'd his fault. I'd send you an email, but you don't read email, Dave. It's still his fault, <laughs> right? By the way, I did read the, the one email we got this week. And, Steve, the answer to your question is no, I don't have a copy. So yeah. there you go. So what we were supposed to talk about was I got this text from Rod out of the blue earlier this week about mm-hmm. a Netflix show, which he had Fuck watched Henry. and, quote, scared him, unquote. You did say that, right? You did say the show was, scared. I said it was frightening. I don't know that I'm scared, scared, but it was it was frightening. Are you backing away from that now? Am I really going to have to go back and look at this and see what you actually said? Anyway, the show has gotten this reputation of being terrified. This is how they're pushing it on Netflix now. Is it sure. the scariest show well, on Unknown Killer Robots? Right. Right. That's... Now, is it a series called Unknown with a sub- episode called killer robots or is it unknown killer robots i think it's unknown killer robots there is no colon or semicolon after the unknown there's no reason to pause i was confused by that to start with so i don't know if it's but I, so i'll just i'll go on that i'll say it's unknown killer robots which is a misnomer anyway because they know exactly who they are mm-hmm. but it's about ai taking over the world And as Rod said, it's frightening people to the point where they can't sleep. And you found it bothered my sleep. Well, you found it frightening, right? Well, uh, yeah, considering that that part of the thing, and this is spoilers if you haven't seen it or if you plan to see it, just so that you know. One of the things, one of the early on in the show, is they talk about how these these scientists are doing these novel research on finding these chemicals to treat lesser-known diseases. And as they're going through and running these things through an AI and they come up with a number of different chemical compounds, they decide to flip a bit. And and those of you that are not in tech, flipping a bit is flipping from like a zero to a one. So you're saying instead of doing the positive, do the opposite. So they flipped a bit and they said, basically, let's look for chemicals that could cause or kill people. And they let it run for six hours. And when they came back and they checked, they had like 40,000 new chemicals that were more dangerous than some of the well-known stuff that we have out there today. And they freaked out. Right. Which then leads to the killer unknown, unknown killer robots on the battlefield. Yeah. The training of dog fighting AI. Right. right. Because the dogs apparently can't figure out how to walk on ice like humans. You can, oh, yeah, yeah. humans have no problem at all going from solid ground to muddy ground to ice. We have no problem with that at all, but we do it every day, right? With yeah, well, no the, problems the, at the, all. The thing is, Dave, only one of them has to figure it out, right? Right, And then they can duplicate that code elsewhere. So that that's where it's kind of, it's not like humans, each individual human has to figure it out for themselves how to walk on ice. So then, by the way, my grandson is learning to play hockey. This pleases what? me greatly. Cool. That's good. It also frustrates me because I can't get out there and work with him because yeah. can't skate no more. Mm-mm. Unless somehow or another I got killer unknown killer robot legs. That's coming. Then I can do that. Anyway, so then this morphed from dogs walking on ice to 
jet fighter planes. Airplane dogfighting. And this is where this is where I fell off the wagon. Number one, all these chemical compounds. Mm-hmm. There's a sarcastic side of me that says, have you not been paying attention for the last couple of years? I mean, isn't this what we're talking about with the Wuhan lab that mm-hmm. that there was no way in hell could possibly be involved with COVID until we were mad at the Chinese? Then it was then it was definitely the Wuhan mm-hmm. lab. And so now all of a sudden we're supposed to be surprised that some scientists somewhere are doing nefarious things with compounds. That's been going on for a while, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it brings to light the issue. And the, the scary thing for me isn't so much that it's out there. It's that there is no controlling it. There wasn't any right? before. No, well... There wasn't any controlling what people could do, but with the with the advent of AI, it's making things easier to derive. See, that's these what things, I right? that's what I don't get. How is AI making this any simpler? It's just a computer program. It just it iterates through things faster than humans can. So that's rather what than humans do. having to take it to the lab, yeah. Well, and then, but they it, it's I think it's almost it's an exponential increase. It's it's like a step up as far as the speed goes so that it can do this. Well, I wasn't buying the 40,000 new compounds. I figured somebody had already done that. But when we get to the fighter jet thing, now mm-hmm. this is this is where this program, to me, falls off the rails. Why is that? But to everybody, well, tell me why it scared you. What, what about that impressed you? So it, it wasn't so much that it could learn to be better than a human. It was the fact that they could have a whole series of computers – and over a 10-month period of time, run enough simulations in various dogfights that it's the equivalent of 30 years worth of dogfighting knowledge in a 10-month time frame. So, and this is where I started falling off their wagon, because okay. number one, it's simulation. That was number one. Yes. Yeah. There is no way to transfer that simulation to an actual combat environment. I was in the Navy. We used to do training all the time. And believe me, training, while intense, was never the real thing. Ever. Sure. Ever. Couldn't, wasn't even close. We would do fire drills. Oh, fire in the engine room. And we would go bong, 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 the general alarm would go off, and for the next 30 minutes, we would fight that fire, that simulated fire, and it would be, sorry to use this phrase, because it's going to get us in the in the explicit, explicit category, it would be a cluster fuck, yeah. or what we refer to as a Charlie Foxtrot. Mm-hmm. Nobody could do anything right in a simulation. But I'm here to tell you that the only reason I'm sitting here today is because when it actually happened for real, it was clockwork. Much different, much more intense, much more. I, I, I can't even explain this to you in terms that I know that everybody will understand the clarity with which you see things. In the real moment, 
mm-hmm. versus How a simulation. Time slows down. Time slows down. It's like baseball players when they talk about when the ball gets big, mm-hmm. when they're in a streak and the ball gets really big and they can see it really well. Same thing. Now, simulations are great up to a point, but that's what they did. They simulated this. Mm-hmm. There's no way to know for sure, in my view, and this is my, me watching this show on Netflix, there's no way to know what variables they put into that computer software that may have enhanced one side or limited the other side. But the thing that killed me was the thing the thing that just caught my attention, I shouldn't say it killed me, was that the simulation was not realistic. No. Because that's not how we dogfight. I'm not even a po- fighter pilot, and I know that. We don't, that's not our tactics. We don't dogfight one-on-one. If you do dogfight one-on-one, I've talked to fighter pilots who have said, get the hell out of there. Don't do that. You always want to have that advantage. You You want want to have have your wingman with you at all times. That's why they train that way. That's why they, going all the way back to 1942 in the thatch weave, and the way that the American pilots with the F-4F Wildcat which was far inferior to the F4s, to the, to the Zero, the A6M5 Zero, the Japanese Zero, the, the vaunted Zero. Mm-hmm. And yet they had an almost six-to-one kill ratio because their tactics were better Yeah. in the Korean so, War. So, so, Dave, so, okay, expanding upon that and kind of going outside, so the next step they could do is add the simulation where you've got multiple AIs facing off against multiple... But it's still attackers. a simulation. It's still a simulation. Eventually, they're going to try this for real at some point. But until they do, I'm not. I'm not staying. It's not keeping me awake at night. It's not Dylan Mulvaney's nipples. No, it, it's not keeping me awake. But the the process of going through this, because as computers, it's Moore's law, right? Moore's law is about the every mm-hmm. what. Year and every, a half, you get an exponential leap in right. processing power. Double processing power every year, or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Um, you know, and, and then we're and then we're at the advent potentially of quantum computing at some point. The the much uh, f- the much fearful computing processing power that, that's going to break encryption as we know it, but also enhance AI's ability to compute and. To analyze so i i just think that as we move forward um if they keep using military applications for this stuff it's going to get worse but see that's always been the case the the goal from ancient times has been to remove the human element from combat sure because humans get scared humans make mistakes humans Mm -hmm. do this humans do that and supposedly automated systems don't have that problem so well, it's just like that dog, just like that dog fighting, though, right? Because that's what the human said is that the the tactics that the AI was using was almost kamikaze to a degree. Exactly, which which of course is not the way we would do that. Now, the other side of that is what else did he say that we didn't hear? Sure, you that's know, true. That's, those are the parts that I don't. Yeah. You know, when you start I just think that when you get into more of a hive mind, and they talked about that, where the the AI is communicating to other drones that are out there, right. as you add that component 
to a battlefield, the only way to combat that is to have another AI system going against Except that. Except that now you're into what I call, euphemistically, Tom Clancy disease. Which is that if you read a Tom Clancy book, and I've read most of Tom Clancy's books, Tom Clancy suffers from Tom Clancy disease. In, in all of his books, I think there's one piece of equipment, one missile that doesn't work the way it's supposed to. And on the battlefield, nothing works the way it's supposed to. Sure. And this, this assumption that these AI airplanes are just going to swarm over everything assumes that everything works the way it's supposed to. And I just don't make that assumption. And that's the biggest difference between the human element and the AI element. The human can adapt. Yeah. If the AI loses connection... Then what? I, I do think we're gonna. I think we're in a cold war right now of sorts, where where the major powers are trying to develop AI for some kind of military application. Well, they've been doing that for years. They we are had ships they are, control application think, program back in the eight nineteen eighties. And let me tell you a story about SCAP. Okay, ships control application program was to automate the control functions of a Trident submarine. This was nineteen eighty three, folks. Sure. So the idea was here, you program in course, speed, depth, and the computer says, okay, well, I need to pump water here. I need to maintain this trim. I need to do this. I need to do that. Sorry. I'll edit that out. <laughs> we don't normally edit stuff, but I will edit that part out. And everybody's wondering, what do they edit out? What do they take out? Biologicals. Biologicals. Exactly. So the idea here was that this ship's control application program would control everything. And humans would simply be the redundant system. You with me here? Yeah. So this is 1983, folks. I was there. I saw this with my own eyes. So you got a helmsman, you got a planesman, you got a diving officer, you got a chief of the watch, officer of the deck, and you got Dave downstairs in missile control center. And all of us have these digital depth gauges that tell us how deep we are. Okay? Mm -hmm. Ship's control application program is running just like a champ. <laughs> Controlling everything. And over the communication circuit comes the radio guy. Buoy in 10 feet. Radio con eye. Which means that the buoy that we float behind us to communicate, so that in case we have to destroy the world, sure. has reeled in 10 feet closer to the submarine. Okay. Okay, no big deal. A few minutes later, con radio buoy in 10 feet. Radio con I. Which means that the buoy has now reeled in 20 feet. So you're getting closer to the surface? Depth says we're still at patrol depth. Hmm. Over the next 15 minutes or so, radio with, with much more intensive, shall we say, communication skills is almost screaming, buoy in another 10 feet. Which to anybody that has any familiarity with physics at all, like Rod, would say, are you getting closer to the surface? And the next thing you know, on alert coverage, thousand miles from anywhere, 
there was this kaboom noise, which was our fairwater planes hitting the surface as we bounced in the waves. Hmm. We were on the surface. Our buoy had completely reeled in. And your depth gauge still but said. But our depth gauge still said X depth, which I, I can't say here, but let's just call it patrol depth. And our course still read X course, but as it turned out, none of that was true. Scap had just gotten into a loop and sat there while the ship... I was going to say, did it not account off. for the curvature of the Earth? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because the Earth's flat, right? <laughs> so this automated AI program, albeit early 1980s, basically became... We, we relied on it too much. Captain Conway was really pissed. And he went around with with EB green tape, which is a, a really strong masking tape, mm-hmm. taped over every digital depth gauge and every digital compass on the entire ship. Every single one, including the one in Missile Control Center, Ouch. which I have nothing to do with, you know, controlling the ship's depth or course or anything like that. And I said, sir, why cover over our depth gauge? And Captain Conway, Frank Mark Conway III, looked at me and said, Bowman, do you want to know how deep we are? said occasionally he said to get off your ass and go read the digit or go read the analog depth gauge up in control and i said aye aye sir (laughs) (laughs) and every time he would see me for the next week he would say bowman how deep are we and i would say as per the as per the analog depth gauge we are at x feet sir (laughs) i don't trust ai's because of that sort of thing. And it, it still happens with my computer. I have Windows 11, and every now and then my computer just decides. Yeah. So I I, I think it's that there's too traffic, much emphasis. Traffic cones on, on automated cars, yes. Dave. There's too much reliance on this stuff that it doesn't have the human element to adapt. And without that human element to adapt, it's never going to be. Is it going to be successful up to a point? Yes. Is it the horrifying thing that Netflix says is keeping people awake all night? Not to me. Am I weird? I don't know. Yeah. we. Yeah, I think we need our listeners to chime in on this. How would they do that? They would do that by emailing us at WTF at whatthefrock.org. Or, you know, or comment on, you can comment on Facebook. or We really don't have a Twitter show page, so. No. We don't. I don't think we need one. I don't either because Twitter is. I'm not doing threads either. So why not? Because I don't. You know, it requires an app install, and I don't run social media apps. Oh, on so my it phone. has nothing to do with the fact that it's just a data collection. <laughs> well, and it's, yeah, it's just a data collection tied into Instagram, so you can't get rid of it. Which once is you, tied once into Facebook, join. which is tied yeah. into. So once you join threads, you can never get rid of it. Yeah, you have so to delete your Instagram slash Facebook account. Please stop clicking me on the thing that says. Would you like to hear from Dave on threads? Because the answer is yet. Not doing it. I have enough problems keeping up with Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. So there you go. Anyway, what do you think? WTF at whatthefrock.org. It didn't scare me. Unknown killer robots did not. In fact, what I found myself was yelling at the TV because I felt like they weren't telling us the whole story. What we need is the unknown killer robots Hallmark edition. Right. Where the, pilot Christmas falls, special. where the pilot falls in love with the AI. The AI has come home to, to 
<laughs> Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to What the Frock. Dave, in this in this week's edition of the WTF moment, you, know, you remember that internet craze, the, the dress. What color is it? The, the white dress or is it blue? Do you remember that whole thing? Unfortunately, yes. I, unfortunately, uh, I do remember that. Well, there is a darker side to that story. Well, of course there is. The AI was involved. No, it actually was not involved in this one. It was it was humans making making things worse. So apparently the story behind that it was is that the it was the mother-in-law of the a future mother-in-law of the husband. No, it would have been the <laughs> What the what that doesn't make sense. Anyway, it, it was the what do they call it? It was the mother-in-law wore a dress that broke the internet. Right. So uh, apparently the the mother-in-law, so I guess the son-in-law didn't break the internet. See, it didn't break the internet. Right. But the son-in-law is now accused of attempted murder of his wife, but not the mother-in-law. But not the mother-in-law, and it has nothing to do with the dress. So I, again, I'm like WTF? Why is this a story? Why do we even know? Why is the dress back? Are in Dylan the music Mulvaney's again? nipples involved? Dylan Mulvaney's nipples would not show through this dress. Are we sure? Because on the dress that he wore, they cut out circles for him. Well, I mean, if he cut out circles in this dress, yes. The question would be then, are they blue or are they white nipples? And we wouldn't know because they would be blurred. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, so this this twisted tale of the internet dress is getting darker because the the son-in-law tried to kill his wife and strangle her. Because of the dress? No, it doesn't say. It just says We don't that, have a motivation uh, for this? No, well, just, there was there was no motivation. Let's see here. Do, do, do. That makes me say WTF, man. The thirty year old thirty eight year old repeatedly assaulted his wife at their home on the island of Colonise in the inner well, whatever, culminating in him brandishing a knife at her and attempting to strangle her. <laughs> Sorry, that's not funny, but it's, it's kind of yeah. like well, it weird, was their man. wedding where that dress was worn. So. so did it cause consternation at the wedding? Well, it, were there people that was at the, the wedding whole... going, "Is she wearing white or is she wearing blue?" Because you know they have because, different meetings. Because it was in this in this in person, they probably said it was white. Which again, wearing wearing a white dress to right. your daughter's wedding. Yeah. Oh wait, she That's wasn't a... getting married. Now Dude, I'm this, really confused. No, this is not the wedding dress. This was the, the this is the mother of the bride, I guess. So she probably wore a blue dress then to her daughter's wedding, because you wouldn't wear well, white to your daughter's wedding. It looks like it's white and gold, do you? No, I think it's blue and gold. So what? Well, okay, so <laughs> listeners need to chime in now. <laughs> There's an old saying in Yellowstone National Park, which is one of my favorite places on the planet, expect the unexpected. For example. The last Not the time Spanish you... Inquisition, though. <laughs> Our four weapons are. The last time I was there, we were standing at, um, I want to say Mammoth Hot Springs, but I don't remember exactly where we were. We were just inside the Roosevelt Gate, 
uh-huh. at that that. And we were just standing there, and it's a big touristy area, so there's lots of people around, and da 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 da. da. And I heard my wife scream, and I turned quickly to my left to see her almost get run over by an elk that had come out of okay. nowhere. Okay. Now, she was not being a Turon. She was not harassing the elk in any way, shape, or form. She just happened to be where the elk wanted to go. And the elk was yeah. moving at a very high rate of speed. You never provoke the elk. You just let them go. Right. But always expect the unexpected when you are in Yellowstone, because that kind of stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Even when you're in places where you're not, you know, doing something stupid. On Tuesday of last week... One patron at Yellowstone National Park decided that they needed to answer the call of nature. So they went went (laughs) to the local restroom. When he went to go out of the restroom, however, which again, if you've ever been to Yellowstone National Park, you know I'm talking about the National Park restrooms with the giant pit Pit. thing that scares the hell out of me and always has. He opened the door to find standing in front of the door, staring at him, apparently waiting to use the restroom, was what is known as a, quote, giant bison, unquote. And they're big. You might call them a buffalo, but you would be wrong. So the guy did the right thing. He closed the door of the bathroom and remained inside peering through a crack in the bathroom door. But that attracted an audience. So somebody, some Turan, decided to videotape this guy standing inside of the bathroom, peering through a crack, waiting through the buffalo to leave. Look at that guy peeping out, one child yelled as people laughed at him. One lady got within a parking spot of him. Her grandkids were yelling at her to get back, which is sad because the all-time greatest tour on video out of Yellowstone is, of course, the 12-year-old girl being tossed into the air by the bison, which still makes me laugh every time. You'd be happy to know that the gentleman waited it out, And Linda Vares, a spokesperson for Yellowstone, congratulated him, saying, you did the right thing by waiting for the bison to move. You did the right thing? (laughs) (laughs) No, you fool. What are you thinking? Don't run out. Do you happen to know what the minimum distance from staying away from a bison is? I have no clue. Here's what I don't get, unless you play football on a regular basis or find yourself in a conversation with my 13-year-old who will tell you that the metric system is better than the imperial system because the imperial system is, and I'm quoting him here, stupid, unquote. (laughs) To which I will reply to him, yeah, how far do you stay away from a bison in Yellowstone? Because trust me, the answer is not in meters. The answer is 25 yards. So, if you find yourself in a bathroom by a bison trying to stay 25 yards away even if you're going to video the guy because otherwise people are going to say WTF?
Welcome back. I'm Rabbi Dave. I am Fire Rod. And uh, we rarely talk about politics here, because politics is... We like to make fun of it. Politics is insane. In the Venn diagram of what we discuss. It's not that we don't care about politics, because we do. It's just that everybody else talks about it, too. Yeah. And the big topic of conversation in the next coming week... Certainly on Monday and Tuesday. So I don't, you know, whatever talk radio you listen to, Monday and Tuesday, this is going to be the topic du jour. Mm-hmm. So we're getting there first. Ready? Uh, Tucker Carlson spent yeah. six hours on the stage, six hours at Turning Point USA, quote, savaging the Republican candidates, unquote. Somebody had to do it. Including Mike Pence. <laughs> I don't, man, I watched that little clip of him talking to Mike Pence. Yeah. And if you haven't heard it, it's Mike Pence basically admitting that you are not his concern. He's far more concerned about Ukraine than you. Yeah. That does not look well at all. No. And I'm thinking to myself, if I'm working on Mike Pence's campaign, and I'm out there with Tucker Carlson. And remember, Mike Pence was Donald Trump's vice president. So you mm-hmm. think there would be some kind of. And has been a professional politician right. for quite some time. And he goes out there and says that. And and Tucker Carlson doesn't do what most interviewers would do, which would be to move on mm-hmm. or to mitigate some. No. He's like, did you really just say that you don't care about the American people? You care more about Ukrainian tanks, <laughs> which is great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Because that's what I would do. So I feel a certain kindredship here. Yeah, it's, like, it's like the, wait, what? <laughs> did you really just say this dumbass thing? Because I probably would have added that. Tucker didn't. Yeah. But seriously, dude, are you. Do you want to walk that back mental? at all? <laughs> do you, you want to try that again? Because that didn't come out very good. Anyway, Mike Pence explaining to you that he cares more about Ukrainian tanks than he does about your, your, yeah. the crime in your cities. And that's not my concern, which ought to be a t-shirt. Damn. But anyway, so then he, so then after that interview, which by the way, Donald Trump did not participate in those interviews. I wonder why. Good decision, bad decision. I think it's probably a good decision because I think Tucker probably would have would have drilled into him a bit. See, I agree, but we know somebody that doesn't. Anyway, so the point of all this <laughs> is that Tucker then takes this and goes to Turning Point USA, Wait. where he spends six hours on mm-hmm. stage, basically reiterating all this, plus the cocaine in the White House thing, and. This is going to be the topic du jour. Yeah. If it wasn't on Friday for your for whatever talk radio you listen to, it'll certainly be on Monday, Tuesday. So, but you heard it here first. Yeah. We're, we're not going to analyze it because we don't care that much. But it was pretty funny. No, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about our our friend who who doesn't agree. Is that our WNBA loving friend? Yes, it is. <laughs> okay, I'm just so I'm clear. Who uh, wanted to make sure it didn't miss the WNBA All Star game last night? So I yeah. texted him this in the middle of the Dodgers Mets game. I texted him to make sure he knew that, hey, the WNBA All Star game is going on. Yeah, I'd rather watch the A's lose. <laughs> did they? They did. 
So they needed that website. Did the A's lose today? Yes, no. Six-game losing streak. Well, it makes up for that seven-game winning streak. I guess. You care more about Ukrainian tanks than... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I, I don't even know where to go with that. I really don't. It was just... Sometimes you see amazing stuff and you go... And look, I'm not a huge Tucker Carlson fan. I'll be honest. I didn't watch his show. I don't, I don't, I'm not that dedicated to, like AI and computers, I know what computer, I know what politicians are. I know that when they talk, 99% of the time, they're full of shit. Mm-hmm. But Tucker manages to get that 1% of the time when they actually say what they mean. And yeah. <laughs> kind of like Kamala Harris saying... You know, if a bunch of you would just die off, then our children could enjoy clean air and water. (laughs) And on that note, I'm Rabbi Dave. I am Friar Rod. And this has been... What the frock? (laughs) 